Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Hi, welcome to TFLP. What episode is tonight? Is it 505, I think? Anyway, uh, we are live tonight, uh, November 21st. I'm Lucas. I'm joined tonight by Anna. Good evening. And Phil. Yo, what's up? Shout out to shout outs. There you go. And, and Paul's empty chair. And Paul's almost empty house. There, there you go. That's exciting. Yeah. Chair didn't speak yet. Give it time. <laughs> Is it a sort of actually chair? give it time? If you sit in it, does it tell you what house you're in? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think it's a worse chair than it used to be. I think he traded out his good chair hmm. for a more standard chair. I don't know. It's rough. So yeah, I, haul a I need a gamer chair. chair. I haul a folding chair, um, like a bar folding chair from upstairs in my kitchen down here. And usually by the end of the episode, like once we're talking after the show, I'm staying up and walking around because my butt's sore from sitting on the hardwood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As I say, we, we actually have uh, multiple new cast members, uh, Phil's empty chair and Paul's empty chair. So there you go. Phil's empty chair made a nice uh, appearance last week, right? Yeah. Are we, are we live? We we are yeah. live. Paul. We're Bill we're, O'Re- we're Bill O'Reilly style. We're we're gonna uh, roll the dice here on whether or not you're gonna show up and you know not have pants on or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have pants on tonight. Sorry, sorry, viewers, you didn't get a sneak peek. So. Hey, if they're if they're normal viewers, they recently got to see you eat a toy, which was like the highlight of my whole year. Ooh, Legacy Starscream and the Fallen shipped to me. Well, look at Yippee. you! That's oh, almost boy. as good as my face at the seven minute mark last week. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> you sold your Unicron. Oh or, right! I mean, I am like I went back and watched that, and like even like told my called some of my friends about it, and it was just like you can just literally see my face light up as I get the alert on my phone. <laughs> like I'm very very thankful that that moment was caught on camera. Did you ship it yet? I shipped it Saturday. It got delivered today. The last thing I saw is that there's been no. I haven't gotten an angry email or angry message yet, so hopefully everything's you all sh- good. You shipped it. It's fine. Yeah. How much? How so, much was it? 
150 for shipping, and that was with a discount. Jeez. The box ended up being 40 pounds. Yeah. Oh. Whatever. What are you going to do? It was a safe and secure box. That was my main concern. So, did, had you opened the Unicron, or was this completely sealed? Nope. And... Totally sealed. Go go back to Oof My World, the special episode. You will see that Unicron unopened. Because you had the box. You, you, should, you said you almost got a hernia trying to lift it. Yep. So, you've been sitting on this Unicron now for how long? Two years? I don't know. Was it a year and a half? Worth it. Yeah. Um, so Phil mentioned. I let mine get black mold on it, so that's a plus. <laughs> yep. No. No. Bl- black mold free. You should have put that in the description. <laughs> Is that I, I don't an want issue? There to be any specter of black mold in my listing whatsoever. <laughs> it, Is that an issue that unicorns have had in the past? Just. One particular dumbass's Unicron that he was trying to sell on Facebook. He's like, yeah, the box ah. got a little dirty. Everyone's like, uh, bro, <laughs> that's not dirt. <laughs> that's, that's, that's straight up mold. And then one dude is trying to go, the toy's ruined. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's a health hazard. You can't sell that. It's like, eh, that's a little, yeah. not true, buddy. Because everything else is in styrofoam, like four inches of styrofoam. Yeah, it's Un- unfortunately, Unicron did find a lump. <laughs> so Ron says he saw a Facebook uh, post on of someone selling uh, a Unicron in Alaska. Oh. Yeah, I saw that today too. I I did the math and legitimately considered driving mine to the buyer because they are outside of Indianapolis. So it would have been a six-hour round trip but I would have spent less on gas than I did on shipping. Does shipping come out of your pocket? You didn't make them pay? No, I I, I, I tend to do free <laughs> shipping, but I mean, it's, it's eBay, so everyone kind of knows what to search for. eBay sorts that now. Now we know why it's sold. Yeah. <laughs> I never had shipping. it at all. Free shipping. Yeah, I'm happy Sh- with the price I got for it and, and everything. So I'm I'm no complaints until AIRS sends me my my tax bill. Surprise, Transformer so, Land! Shipping costs money. It's not free. So when Phil started this conversation about his Unicron, he used a certain phrase. He said that he was thankful, oh. and I believe that is the theme of our episode. Lucas, yes, yes. So so Phil, what are you thankful for? I'll be thankful if no one remembers that we were supposed to talk about Earthrise season one um, tonight. Did we mention that? We did mention that. We We did. I don't know. I think we did. Yeah. 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 Well, my memory. It's funny because, yeah, Phil was like, oh, we, I I can't be on because, you know, we, I haven't watched Earthrise yet. And I was like, well, I haven't watched Earthrise either. So, or Earthspark. We can still do it Wednesday. Earthspark. Right? Because it's, it's a part, week yeah. from last Wednesday, so we can do it Wednesday. Yeah, so, no. So I watched the show <laughs> with my son, and and unfortunately, he's either had homework and activities, or he's been grounded from TV, and we've not been able to watch Earth Spark together. Except for one episode. We got one more episode, new episode in. So how many episodes are you on now, Phil? I think I'm on the fifth one, so I'm like kind of smack in the middle. There you go. 
What are you on, Anna? Me too. Five. Five. There you go. Yeah, I got busy last week. I've only watched the first episode, but what I've been told is that is the first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, 45 minutes of fun. If you're trying to avoid spoilers for the show, don't look at the back of the packaging for the the new toys that have been announced. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying to you. I guess I'm just saying to our general listening audience. Well, like, what are the? I mean, are those really spoilers? Does have so you have to think about it a little, but it does have a relatively major spoiler. Okay. You have to think about it a little harder. But we won't even talk about what that is because we don't like spoilers here. There you go. So yeah, Except maybe by it's... next week. We we have to wait for book club to talk about it first. Okay, that way. Right. Why? I'll just I'll just crib know. note their ideas, their thoughts on book it. club is yes. talking about season one on Sunday night at eight thirty p.m. Not a book. Central. On the Discord server. Uh, books are any time. There's only one time. Just fine. Yeah, at a time. Let's, let's call it Content Club from now on. Zaldron uh, uh, can uh, just be like, oh, we talked all about this yesterday. It'll be perfect for next week. Yeah. So. Well, there were some... There, If you look around, there's some kind of new spoilers for... Uh, Beast Village USSR, the upcoming movie. That there is. There, there was some uh, key art uh, on Drink a some coffee. Yeah, on a mug that was shown, and we don't need to. I don't know if we want to talk about it, but it. I would say I like what I saw. I like what Agreed. I saw too. Really curious how that's all going to play out. I'm actually interested in the movie. I mean, we're in we're in this time period now where it's all exciting, you know. And then when the movie comes out, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks!" Like, yeah, because the the world is our oyster right now. Like, you can imagine anything. Be like, look at a picture. Like, oh my god, I can see that doing all this cool stuff. Instead, that guy is on screen for five seconds, you know, and like doesn't speak, (laughs) doesn't transform. You know, who knows? Everybody's all excited about Airazor. It's going to be like she flies past in one scene. But <laughs> yeah. she's a cool toy. It's like bird fly. Yeah. Some of us learned how to fly. See? And then you hear like a, you know, that, that, that canyon screech of a bird. And then that's it. She crashes into a side of a building. You know, just like the window of a Yeah, you see that too. She yeah. just flies by. It's um, one of the villains just shoots her down. So they don't know what the villains are going to be Decepticons, Predacons, people. Okay, so we're looking at this coffee what do you want about now, this? and there is no way that this is what the movie is going to look like. This is like somehow reminiscent of like the original Beast Wars, and it's this. not going to be this close. It's not going to be this close. Luke is like, they will Let's ruin see. my childhood. Don't Don't give them any credit. Well, look well, at then... that Air Razor toy. That Air Razor toy looks like a it looks like a Generations toy. That would mean that they're skewing closer. See, then I'll be upset because they ruined my childhood with the other Bay movies, <laughs> and then they'll actually finally do it right and like make everything look good. Yeah. They won't do it the way I wanted them to do it. I wanted them to do it like Night at the Museum, only at the zoo. 
where there's the animals come alive at night and have their beast wars. That's what I wanted for and Beast Wars. That's the, of the Bot Bot show. That's true. Pretty much. Yeah. I guess I got what I want then, just in the wrong context. Mm-hmm. You got what Christian wanted. Christian just wants season yes, two. Yes, we definitely of, got what uh, Christian wanted. Bot bots, right? Yeah. yeah. He just he, he, he just wanted he wanted literally anything. Like any any sort of bone he could be thrown. Yep. Yep. Poor Chris. So Lucas, why don't you start us off with what you're thankful for since this topic was your idea? Uh I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just came up with this topic because it's Thanksgiving week. <laughs> Um, so I am thankful for, uh, the Transformers community at at large. I think that, uh, you know, it's, you know, what got me back into Transformers, uh, several years ago and it's just, you know, been great, uh, interacting with people both at conventions and online and, you know, it's been uh, a lot of fun. So that's what I'm thankful for, you know? Oh, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is great. It's like, all right, shortest episode ever. We're, we're uh, 15 minutes well, in. Lucas like, showed emotion. Of... Everyone mock him. <laughs> so, like, what? Okay, the community. Uh, what, like, let's get specific. Like, were there, was there certain, like, members of the community that, that other people might be aware of, like a reviewer or um, I don't know. You? Are you fishing for Lucas to say that you're the reason he's the so, great thankful? No. So I was going to say there's a, there's a certain toy online toy shop that I really, really enjoy that, uh, you know, I got some, got a new wave of transformers from and no, and, uh, they're, you know, that's what and I'm it's certain toys. Well, I'm just it, it. Like I know, you know, Duran used to used to sh- host this show, and you got involved in this show before I did. I don't know if if that was part of. I mean, and you've also gone so far. You've done something. I feel like I've done a lot of stuff in this hobby, but I have not run a real convention, which is also something you have done. You don't just come back and start doing that. Like that's unless you did. Like I kind of, I just want to know the story. Like what's no? This, I mean, it, it's really <laughs> that's a. It's kind of like what it is, where you know, um, I actually met Duran at TF Expo, uh, the first oh. TF Expo uh, that I went to, which was in was it in twenty fifteen? Can't remember if I remember the year, but uh, but yeah, so is it the first? And and I was not involved with TF Expo. I was just a uh, you know went to the show. Um, it was one of the first shows I went to, and uh, so yeah, so like I I met him there. I met Orson there uh, from Captured Prey as well, um, and so yeah, just kind of got got involved with that, and then just started getting involved more involved with the community. Um, but yeah, like I I don't know. It was really more the um, like you know, TFW and Facebook, like the groups and everything. There was a local, 
uh, Facebook group in Kansas City. Um, and, you know, some of the guys that actually run the show uh, run that group. And uh, I met them at uh, Planet Comic Con as well. And so just started kind of getting involved from, from there. And, and then I met Anna at the 2016 uh, TFCon in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I got dragged into all this. Yeah. Did a custom panel with Sean, and we talked each other's heads off. And next thing I knew, next thing yeah. I knew, I'm here. And then Anna was like, Yeah, I'm moving to Kansas City. Because I think you had just gotten your job, right? No, it was actually super lucky that I sat by Sean because it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm moving to Kansas City soon. And Sean was like, well, it just so happens that I'm part of the Kansas City Transformers community and you should join us. That would be cool. So, I met Lucas and then, yeah. All so downhill yeah, then, there. And then um, several years later, Duran was looking for new cast members. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, so, so yeah, started, you know, being the cast, I think, let's see, I joined a little bit after Christian. I think Christian had been on for like six months or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then we drugged Sean on and then, uh, Anna, like, I was like, Hey, you know, you like your professor, you should give a talk about Transformers. And so we had her give a talk at TF Expo about, what was it, parasocial relationships? Parasocial relationships with Optimus Prime and how he died and ruined everyone's parasocial relationships. And then, so you gave that talk at TF Expo and, you know, I told Duran, I was like, hey, we should have Anna on the show. This is a cool panel. And so she came on the show and did that panel. And then Duran was like, hey, you know, seems like you know a lot about Transformers. We're always looking for, you know, new cast members and and whatever. Would you like to, you know, come on more frequently? And then we started Microcasters, and that was like, what, three years ago? So, yeah. Yeah, about... And my rate of purchasing went. Right. I think all of our rates of purchasing in, in the last several, like, just keeps. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's cool. I'm not as bad as Peter and Nick. <laughs> Be not as good. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ron says, I'm. Um, Thankful for Hasbro repaints. <laughs> you I are. Mean, I Not as thankful that. as Christian is, though. That, man. He's the main. He's the repaint lover. Like, you buy the repaints, but Christian gets, like, legit excited. He buys, buys light up, like, every day it's Christmas. He bought his multiple of the repaints and then puts stickers on them. Yep. This one's Diaclone and this one's Who's He What's It and yeah, he goes all in. We are just I know what other people are thankful for. We are just like the the weirdest brand where like the repaints actually work for us in a way that no other 
brand does, you know? Like, it's kind of amazing. A slight disagreement. What impresses me about the way that repaints work for us is that some collectors actually want the weird-ass repaints that we got back in the day to come back again. Like, some of the universe characters that got introduced. They're like, ooh, I want that again in the new toy. Or a character that was obviously just red, who's he, what's it? They're like, oh, I need that as a new toy, even though it wasn't a character in the show or anything like that. They still want it to come again. Everybody wants every character to come back, which is really unique. It's just like a lot of them were really just repaints of existing toys to make more money. Yeah, marketing, they're, they're marketing and sales decisions that become, that manifest into real desires. It's not like a bad TV show spinoff or something, you know? It's like that, that that never gets forgotten and no one ever wants to watch it again. We really uni- want the colors. It just doesn't matter. We do. But those universe repaints, when they happen... They haunted the shelves of Kmart for years, right? It's not like they were like flying off the shelves at the time. We were all younger and had less money. <laughs> yeah, but now we look. It's it's a memory that everyone collectively has, and they're like, "I need that. I I need yeah. that validated or something." You know, like like no, I didn't. No, I didn't want it back then. But I but it's cool now. Like it's it's cool. I gotta have King Atlas. As as machine war Starscream now, like give it to me. <laughs> I would say there's two factors to that. You know, number one is is sometimes they just look good. Sometimes they're good looking toys. Like I don't have any affinity or or whatnot for the shattered glass decos, but they look darn darn good. I've got no affinity for you know. This is my first pterosaur toy I've ever owned. Um, and I think this deco looks looks outstanding. So yeah, sometimes they just they make really good toys now, and, and the new paint jobs look or the the homage paint jobs look really good. The other thing, Anna, to your point, they were peg warming at Kmart for ages, and they went on clearance. So some of those might be some people's like first Transformers that they could get, or the first ones that they bought themselves because it was cheap. You know, so, you know, there's 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 some nostalgia hits that are coming with that because the folks who are buying those universe toys, guess what? They're likely old enough to have jobs and careers and, you know, maybe have moved out of their mom and dad's basement by now. But, you know, Serge is still working on it. That's true, though, because I the reason I know about those repaints, I worked at Kmart. So I I also haunted the shelves at Kmart and waited for things to go on clearance. I just picture you at night, like this ethereal spirit, just like transformers, like glowing in the blue light. In the blue light, because it was Kmart. We had the blue yeah. light. That was a perfect. Yeah, it was a good story. It's true too. All of it. You're a ghost. Yeah, ghosty Anna. Yeah, that's. that's I am. Good. I mean, it's in the screen name and the the complexion. I think it just all adds up. And she would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids and their dog. Who just kept buying the toys before they went on clearance. Yeah. And somehow are you still haunting the shelves yeah. in an abandoned Kmart? <laughs> I wish. Of course, now... I get nostalgic. Every time I drive by it at my hometown, I always see it and it's like some other business. And I'm like, oh, 
there is my home. Goodbye. The Kmart that I worked at is still a Kmart, but like it's still like, like it's just abandoned now. Like you can tell it was a Kmart, oh, okay. but yeah, it's, it has not turned into like a spirit Halloween store or anything. Mine's been like three other businesses because nothing can stay open there these days. But yeah, I think it's interesting how, you know, we want new versions of all the Transformers, but there's been like 30 solid years of all these repaints and, and whatever coming out. And so it's like you can never get updates of everything because like it'd just be hundreds and hundreds of, you know, of new figures coming out. And we're still getting the Diaclone repaints. Those toys had no meaning to us whatsoever. In fact, they weren't even sold in our market. Yet, we get really excited for them. In fact, sometimes they repurpose them and even I get excited about them. Well, I, I remember wanting BotCon to make those so bad out of the classic toys. You know, like... And they, and they ended up making a few of them, but they never did... They never were able to do like a set of like it's the diaco the, the diaformers or something you know like just the whole a whole box set of classics versions of those I thought that would have been cr crazy popular. I mean, what was the closest in 2015 when they did the dia rooters and then they did yeah. toe line and um, uh, burnout? Yeah, that was the closest, but like they yeah. didn't do the ones they needed. Like they needed. The Diaclone Grimlock and the yeah. the I mean the, I think part of the problem is that some of those Diaclone toys were like so close to the actual G one toys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but like like Starscream looked like Starscream. It's just all about the deck like the the deco um, or like the the decals and stuff. But like the a blue Optimus Prime to be the powered convoy, like you were just holding up. That I really wanted that. Um, I mean, they've done so. The blue blue streak that was the big one. You know, that's what I really wanted was that blue streak is blue. And we've gotten all that stuff as time has progressed. So it's really not. It, and it, the way it happened, you know, a, a botcon set that's like celebrating that would have been a big deal. But they kind of trickle have trickled it out. So it's still cool. It just doesn't have the impact that it's like a, it's like 10 years later than it should have been although now the toys are way better so it's like well should just shut up and be happy this is this is great well now we expect it too because the next time something gets a new mold that is based on an original diaclone figure from a billion years ago we just expect that that new version of the character is going to get a diaclone repaint well i just think it's funny too just the amount of product that's getting released right like the shattered glass stuff that came out with the botcon it's like how many years did they release all that and now it's like we've almost gotten new versions of all that over the course of a couple years and you're like oh hey cool like we you know they've released you know a lot of it already now at this point i've got it on my shelf well they, they were able to do some things a lot better than they than they were like the blur for instance like no one wanted armada blur as and pretend it was actual you know like like the fun pub did their best they had what they had to, to work with but like right. you know it's way better as like a real blur and bumblebee's way better as 
uh, or gold bugs way better as like an actual bumblebee. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because I know uh, Christian is like a big point of contention for him that uh, that the mold that they used for that that he d- he didn't think that they should have used a bumblebee mold. I think he he thought they should use a sideswipe mold or whatever. No. The answer is no. <laughs> well, for shattered glass specifically, because shattered yeah, glass. Old B was a different guy, a different body. Yeah, I I get it, but like if you look at what the concept was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the G one characters, but their mirror verse selves, right? But they didn't have at the time. They did the best they could with what they had, and and then that's then it just sort of became like weird alternate university. Like some, they were not consistent, and they couldn't be consistent, but. If they were able to do exactly what they had intended, it would have been not Armada Blur as Shattered Glass Blur. It would have been a, a regular right. Blur. And it wouldn't have been the Excelion mold as Bumblebee. Just that was what was around. It's Did interesting they have classic how some... mold back then? They, they weren't able to use it. I don't know. Okay. They, they didn't. Another? Maybe they wanted it to, you know, whatever. They had to do something. They have they, always said that the molds, Hasbro would, they couldn't do exactly what they wanted. They had to, like, take a, a lot of gimmies, you know. It was amazing yeah. and something good worked. They had, because they had used the, that mold. It was Bug Bite. Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. Which is debatably a shattered glass bumblebee, you know, like, like from a from conceptual standpoint. It's a bad, it's a bad guy bumblebee. Just as a completely new character. Well, this is, this is semantics. We're just this is nerd talk, I guess. So whatever. It is, it is. We're thankful for nerd talk. We're thankful for semantics. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for this podcast. Uh, you know, certainly, I, I remember going to Transformers conventions back in the day and going by myself and. You know, maybe like striking up a conversation with a few people that I'd be in line with, but wasn't, you know, having groups of folks that I'd, you know, stay up till two in the morning hanging out with. And, you know, now, now that I, I, I have that, you know, I, I was getting, I got that a bit from my, you know, local collectors group and text chain. Um, and those guys are still fun. And that was, I was talking to Paul the other night that it's like, oh, this past TFCon, I was like trying to bounce around between like three different groups between like, you know, you guys and, and the Chicago folks and then other folks that are kind of cast members, kind of past cast members. And it's just like, you know, people are like, oh, why aren't you hanging around here more? It's like, oh, because I got to go hang out with these folks and get COVID. I mean, that's just like, you know, that was part of my agenda for the day. But but yeah, I'm thankful for the cast uh, and the show here to be able to talk about this. I mean, I joined I joined the show in 2020 and like there were like when Paul first asked me to be honest, like, yes. Yes, please let me talk to other people. I've been in my basement. Please let me talk to human beings. That is not a work conversation. I've got an infant, and I haven't been able to leave my house. And yeah, let me talk to humans. It was it was pretty helpful through the the COVID madness. Yes, this was a big deal during COVID. Like just having this. Yeah, just having you guys to get together with, and this way to talk to other people. Yeah. Even if even if it's not like millions of people or anything, just knowing that our voice was being heard by other humans was nice during the pandemic. 
Well, and we even did some Zooms with other people uh, that we usually hang out with at conventions. They were like, oh, hey, let's, let's actually get a video chat going with, you know, with some of those guys, too. So, yeah. And it's just nice to, like, go to a convention and, and know there's a big group of people there that I'll get to, I'm excited to see and hang out with. And, um, you know, yeah, the past two TF cons, Baltimore and Chicago, Past two fall TF cons, I should say, Baltimore and Chicago were a ton of fun. Um, and it's, it's, it's certainly something circled on my calendar these days of, uh, uh, you know, an event I look forward to. I'll agree with that, though. I'm, I'm also thankful for this community specifically. And, you know, you guys, of course, I'm glad that I got to meet you all. But having, having Michael establish the Discord has like really changed my social life because suddenly I have a book club and now I'm running a D&D game in it, D&D Transformers. And soon we're going to be doing a Magic League in there. I mean, we're just, we're like an active peer group in that Discord, which is really cool that just kind of grew out of this. Like I'm, I and we're a peer group too. Like we're all like somewhat friends. The meetups. So that's been great for me. It's like having having friends that share this common interest, but I actually authentically like most of you. So it's honestly really awesome. Well, yeah, I don't think a lot of us would be do- spending time doing this if we didn't actually enjoy the company that we keep here. No way. Well, no, wait, if this think, was just business know, as usual, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't still be here if it was just like, I show up for the show, do the show, say my goodbyes, don't care about you guys otherwise, yeah. no way. She shows up, does her thing, cashes the checks, and moves on with her life. Well, those are no checks. Yeah. <laughs> what, what checks are you talking about there, Phil? Yeah, right? Anna said she gets paid for this. Mm. Was I not supposed to know that? Uh oh. <laughs> um, Bill's gonna have to talk to management. About, I feel like now I have to throw in an OnlyFans joke with that. No, no. we're done with that. We have moved on. I know, yeah, but it, it off. it's just perfect for. No, I, I was not going, we were going there. In that direction. I, I was. Th- that is not my intention with this whatsoever. I was. <laughs> Joking that this free thing we volunteer for was a paid engagement. The rest of us all thought you were going that direction. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was still like my favorite moment from PFCon. But let's not dwell on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think, you know, your, your, your point, Anna, about the shared hobby that we all have is important for, for our group because, you know, feel like my friends from college are one of my main core groups of friends. And as we all started having kids and getting a little more distant from each other, it was harder for me to hang out with those, those dudes and, and spend time with them and talk to them. And, you know, we have a text chain, but there's a couple of guys that, that, you know, barely text and, and, you know, they've just got their own lives going on. So, uh, and then there's times where it's like, Oh, what do we have in common to talk about anymore? Cause we don't see each other anymore. With, with this sort of outlet here, it's like, well, what do we have in common? Transformers. We, we've got Transformers. We've got toy collecting in common. We've got, you know, all of that that is, a again, that shared interest that keeps us coming back week after week that, you know, it's like, hey, how are you a capitalist pig this week? Oh, this is how I gave money to Hasbro this week. How did you do it? 
Well, thank God, because otherwise Phil would have to spend all of his time talking about the Bears and the Bulls and all that. And, I mean, that just would be rough. Or I could, like, be talking to my wife about Transformers. She's like, please, please get out of the house. <laughs> I've packed a bag for you. Here, go. So so what you're saying is, is this potentially has actually helped save your marriage, not necessarily uh, <laughs> break it up. I mean, I think she's grateful that, like, she knows one night a week at least. She's like, I'm just going to watch one of my shows that I know you don't like. And, yeah, ha- have a glass of wine, read a book, do whatever. And, uh, yeah, go talk to your nerd friends about your nerd stuff and leave me alone. For one night a week, she can pretend she's doesn't have a husband. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing uh, you mentioned about PFCon, one thing I am thankful that conventions have come back and they were able to do that again because, you know, for a while with with COVID and everything, you, you didn't know if it was actually going to happen. So. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of people who've just been like, oh, well, this thing went away forever because of the pandemic and things are coming back. And I think that, you know, that was pretty... I don't know. I'm not surprised that most things are coming back, but it sure does feel nice. And it's like the convention scene for Transformers didn't lose a freaking beat. Like TFCon is still growing exponentially, trying to add other cons and them not completely felling. It's crazy how much this um, collector scene and convention scene just keeps going and going and going. A few friends of mine, you know, predicted a like, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be as big of sells at this year's TFCon because it would hit, you know, it would eventually hit a point and then it would fall back down. It just keeps going up. Like, things just keep getting more wild in this hobby. Yeah. That was actually going to be what I was thankful for if I wanted to, if I wanted to share. I am thankful for the community and their deep pockets for buying my used stuff. I am thankful for the resale ability of Transformers. Like, sometimes we have to pause to actually think about the fact that a lot of other collectibles and valuables just don't really have a resale value. And a lot of other things wear out from use and whatnot such that you don't get to resell them anyway after you've had them for a while. And Transformers... You know, like I sold a lot of merchandise at TFCon and I don't think I lost any money on any of that. You know, it was all a refund, you know, years later refund. So kind of lost money in a way, but still it's like, it's so nice to think that we do have this like resale and the continued market and just the, you know, we're always trading back and forth with each other and all of that. So I'm thankful for the secondary market. It's nice. I, I also enjoy being able to shop it too. I think I take it for granted that, you know, Transformers always are on the up and up or they or stable. I mean, there's the, there are some that are never worth more than what they were or they're worth less because they less. suck. There's a lot of, they, they make too many. Usually it's Usually it's when all these things are true. They make too many. It's a bad toy. It's a bad... It's an undesirable character. And it, and it generally looks bad. That, that Like, all those things have to be true, or a few of them do, for a toy to really stink. You know, like to... 
and the most important one is the is how many they make honestly that's really just it's the rarity that's the number one thing and i think what we've been seeing and been on a good swing with lately is the interest level keeps rising at at a at a rate beyond the production that's what has been going on like i think yeah. i think the man, i think hasbro keeps manufacturing kind of like at an even pace and the fandom like the the old, you know like when i say the fandom there's always kids that are getting into this but i mean like the people that are growing into transformers you know like re rediscovering it and it like is their thing that is growing at, that's there's no stats on this so it's kind of a, a fear an ethereal um thing but i but i yeah. think you, you see it in that aftermarket thing like the reason you're able to resell the stuff for the same amount is because people are having trouble finding it and they want it. It's a, it's a supply and demand thing. And the reason they want it is because they're new to the game and they're interested and they might fizzle out real quick, but they might be in it for the next 10, 15, 20 years. There if were a, keeps going, then we're all in great shape. There were a lot of 20-somethings at TFCon that were buying stuff from my table. You know, yeah, there that, were. Yeah. Yeah. Point two. So. Yeah, there was. There, you're you're right. I didn't even really think about that, Phil. But there was like this one young kid that kept coming by, and like he he, he you know, I always find it funny when someone buy, like buys from you multiple times. Like they don't just come and do one sale. They like come back and then they come back and they're like, dude, if you would have bought this all at once, we could have made a deal, like like something like that. But um, there was a guy that you know, it's like de the deer in headlights thing, where they just they haven't this first convention they've been to or something, and they're just like. I don't know what to do, and uh, I, I love that. It's just so fun to see someone experiencing that for the first time, and and they probably you know will continue if they had a good time. Even if they probably you know spent all the money, they're like, oh shit, I don't know what to do now. I don't, I can't pay rent. But they probably had such a great time there that they're gonna come back and like maybe you know over. They won't just be a consumer and they'll become like a dealer or they'll start dealing with the the panels or, or meeting friends. Really, that's the thing is you meet the friends and you have reasons to come other than just buying stuff, mm -hmm. which like is kind of the entry level reason to go to a Transformers convention. Because you never if you're trying to find a bunch of stuff, there's nothing better than going to the, the place where the magnet is that everything, anything could potentially be there, anything under the sun. Well, yeah, I mean, It'll I think be it's anything, even a new boat. I think it's interesting too that a lot of the younger people really are looking for that newer stuff. Um, you know, I had a um, like the Coneheads. Uh, they did like a reissue, uh, a platinum edition or whatever reissue a few mm -hmm. years ago, and I kept having people look at it, and then they'd be like, "Oh, that's like the old G one version. Like, I don't want that. I want the new." Coneheads. Like they wanted the well, fair. Multiple more articulation times. And, mm -hmm. and everything. So, well, it's you know, G one is an acquired taste, like true G one toys, because they right. they definitely like it's night and day. What, what what we get away with now versus what we started with. Oh yeah. Like, you're either an old crusty if you want G1 stuff, 
or you like the new you already have the new stuff and you you kind of like are becoming sort of a historian in a way like you just kind of want to know what what it was like i i i would just love to get into the mind of someone like that as someone that grew up with it from the beginning you know like yeah that's that's interesting because i enjoyed gi joe quite a bit and and even you know into my adulthood i'm still buying you know new gi joe toys but you know, like, oh, Serpentor here. It's very nice. Um, however, the the 60s era G.I. Joe stuff, I have absolutely no desire to get. I have no desire to, like, hunt any of that down. I have no desire when they do, like, a new toy that is, like, an homage to that. Like, no, not count me out. So, so yeah, I could, I could see your point. I never thought about that, Paul, with kids who are getting into this and and – like the characters and like the designs, but they don't like what the old G1 toys did with those designs, which for the most part were like, hey, it's a brick that turns into a brick with wings. It's it's almost ironic now to like want the G1 toy. Kind of like you're, you know, yeah. Anna, you, you understand it, Anna, right? <laughs> oh, I understand it for sure. With G.I. Joe, it's a little different though, because they totally re- created everything from the ground up they have never done that in my opinion with transformers beast wars is probably the closest but they they reneged and they they they, they succumbed to pressure and they made it part of g1 it's g it is g1 it's a new era they have never like stripped it down and taken away autobots decepticons or optimus prime or cybertron the close I felt like we might be getting close with Earthspark because, like, they're like, these are the first ones born on Earth. And it's like, whoa, it's actually kind of like crazy, even though we've, you know, they've made Transformers on Earth, but you've just never cared. Like, they kind of made it a sticking point. Like, I would, we've never had to have such a radical change from the initial source material. And now G.I. Joe probably won't ever do that either. It'll always be those, you know, it'll be someone versus the Joes which it wasn't in the beginning. It was just action man, you know, bearded wonder that can kill a bear with a knife or something. Like, it was... <laughs> they really changed G.I. Joe. And I can see that why... Was straight I, from the back of the box. Probably. Uh, I, I guess that's as far as... I don't need to keep talking. But, I, but the I, thing that's interesting to me, though, with Transformers is, you know, with every new iteration, they change it just slightly... And so a lot of people want that new version. So then you end up with like 50 versions of Optimus Prime, but they're all somewhat unique. Like they're all, they're their own puzzle. Like they look different and everything. Whereas, you know, if you're going to get uh whatever, Luke Skywalker or something like that, you're like, okay, well, how many Luke Skywalkers do I actually need? And I guess there's like yeah. a handful of Marvel characters that are, a little bit like that, like Spider-Man and, and Iron Man and, and some of those where you might collect multiples of that character. But I don't know that people are out there collecting, you know, 20 versions of Marvel Legends as much as they would with Transformers. Yeah. Yeah, with that, it's more like just the costume changes. You know, it's still a doll. It doesn't do much else. With the Transformers, I'm I'm impressed, like, with the new core toys, 
you know, because it's like completely new transformations for dudes you've had a hundred times. Right. Like how many, how many little Optimus Primes have they made? And with the core toys, they've really gone out of their way to make the transformations unique. They have. Well, yeah, and that's and the thing that, that's, that's significant, cool. right? Like every time you get a new toy, you're like, oh, I wonder what the puzzle is going to be this time. So it's like even if you decide that you want to sell it down the road, you know, you want to check out and see, you know, what it what that new uh, toy is like. Yeah. Like there. Yeah, I mean, I'm very. Off Ironhide. Oh yeah, I mean, you could use him as an example. This doesn't really transform like the last two Ironhides. It looks like the last two Iron Hides in bot mode quite a bit. And then you transform it, it feels quite a bit different because the legs kaleidoscope like 50 times this time around. Last two times the legs had one hinge on them. Now they have a bunch. It was kind of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for the Transformers engineers because I think we've seen <laughs> with the G.I. Joe Transformers crossover toys where those seem a little bit subpar. Um, and then, you know, my, my kids will watch YouTube videos and there'll be like a YouTube kids video of like tour bots. And, and those kind of look neat. They're chunky. They've got more of a Bandai sort of Power Ranger feel to them. But the transformations are just plain. And like one mode might look decent and the other mode looks garbage. And it's like, we're, we're pretty far beyond that. I mean, like Cosmos here is is like I love the engineering on this toy. This is 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 like you know say what you will about how difficult it is to get or anything like that. This is a fun fun toy to transform, and and I don't remember a toy that transformed like him um, when I when I was playing with him. So yeah, I'm I'm very very grateful for the uh, thankful for the you know design and fun of the these of this brand and the engineering that goes into them. I'm thankful for Cosmos. Faux show. <laughs> Put in my kids through college. I love UAP. Uh, I'm th- I mean, this is supposed to be Transformers related thankfulness, right? Is that right? Sure. Yes. You you can you can talk about other things, I guess. If you have a life outside of Transformers, which would be weird. Well, I mean that would who has that? I mean, come on. I am thankful for um, this might this might sound really narcissistic but like I'm moving right now and I've been going through my collection and I'm just thankful for decisions that I've made on (laughs) what I bought because it's kind of great to look through some of these old toys and like going through the memories and um be like, ah, oh, this is an awesome toy. This was a good, a good choice. And just, I'm, I'm sure there's some bad ones, you know. But um, it's just, I'm thankful. We're, I'm thankful we're still learning and growing as a as a fandom. And a lot of that has to do with you know the 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 toy line, you know, like all the improvements that are made. And like like you were saying. Phil, I think the the in, increases in quality of like the transformations and stuff has to do with the, some of these same dudes have been working on this brand the whole time. You know, they the, the Takara guys that are still there, like still making 
the reason they're making cool new transformations because they've done it all before. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a hinge can turn. Yeah, I know it can go like this, but let's 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 make it go at a forty-five degree angle now. Like they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff that someone walking in the walking off in off the street wouldn't even think to do because they're still trying to figure out how to do the basic stuff. And it's actually amazing what some of the third-party designs have done because they innovate too. You know, they they do some things that are quite impressive. There's some really shitty third-party toys too, so don't think like everything is roses and peaches. It's there's some bad stuff out there. With, and and it's done by I think people that don't have that level of experience but have the creativity and the ingenuity to like attempt things that that maybe uh more seasoned pros wouldn't do. Um well, I just think it's interesting how everybody kind of you know, iterates off one another that they take a design from, you know, a certain number of years and then you get a new design or, you know, something new and people kind of have that aha moment and you actually see that, um, you know, in other designs. It's like uh, the Combiner Wars mechanic a little bit where you're like, oh, you just Combiner Wars the legs. And, like, that's a thing now um, with with a lot of transformers, like even some of the higher end stuff that they use, you know, some of that, that those transformation pieces. Um, Yeah. Like we've talked about like how they took the, the feet engineering for MP Bumblebee. And now that's like how the more recent mainline Bumblebee's feet transform. So, so yeah, it kind of filters down there. So it's fun. Well, some of that stuff comes from animation the original animation too. Like they'll actually yeah. like, like something that a dude just drew that sort of made sense, but would have been like impossible to figure out back then. You know, now we can, we have computers that can let you test this stuff without having to sculpt it out of clay first. That's you mentioned the, you mentioned the third party ingenuity too. And I know a lot of times we talk about how, you know, we think that Hasbro probably isn't that influenced by third party as far as, you know, learning from them or competing with them or anything. But the third party companies sure do compete with each other. Like when Legends figures first started, like Iron Factory was amazing. Then Magic Square was so much more complicated. So Iron Factory had to get more complicated too. And then New Age came and New Age caused Magic Square to get more complicated. And we ended up with all these companies just making better and better and better Legends figures until Legends figures finally cost $100. I mean, are great. And it, it's cool just to see that, like, the engineering and the competition and all that is yeah. really fun. I will definitely agree with that, that, like, the amongst the third-party companies, they definitely pay attention to what each other's doing because their business depends on it. Like, their, their ability to keep to stay afloat depends on knowing every detail of everything that's coming out that can affect that very small fan fan base. And I think a lot of the designers probably know each other, you know, whether they're super competitive or not, you know, I think, I think it's such a small community that they have to, but I think a lot of the stuff that happens there is, you know, it's hyper-focused on that niche. And I, I, I still don't think, the, the dudes at Hasbro even have the time to pay attention. Like maybe once in a while, like a thing comes through, but, um, 
Well, I think some of the guys. I definitely agree. Some of the designers and and whatever that are working on it have third party. I mean, shoot, I think I think you can kind of see sometimes when they do some of those, uh, you know, um, like reveals and uh, whatever before where they've done designer desks that they've actually had some third party stuff on their desk. So if I remember correctly. I'm sure it happens, but it's a full-time job to keep up with what's going on. Oh, right. I'm, I'm not saying, like, that, you know, they're way into third party. I'm just saying that, you know, they might have something here or there. They're aware of it. Yeah. It, well, they know it's out there. I'm just saying, I don't think they're like, oh, shit, Bill, did you see New Age came out with a new Grimlock today? Oh, what are we going to do? Like, we got a new Grimlock coming. Right. Oh, no. Like, like they dude, don't have you time see those knees? How they do those knees? Look at those toes! It's got toes! Oh! They go all by themselves! Right. God, God, I love the New Age stuff, though. It's so good. Well, I'm sure the Hasbro designers, too. Third party, Paul likes third party. Are not like that stuff. So good. I I was going to say, the third party stuff, like, Hasbro couldn't even think to release some of that stuff because just think how much you know, parents would be complaining if that stuff was that complicated. Like, I mean, they complained back in what Revenge of the Fallen or whatever, and they had to kind of scale that back back in the day, right? No, you'd have dead kids from swallowing those those accessories and stuff. Like those things are never gonna get released at mass retail. Those are niche adult collector products only. I thought you were saying they would die from frustration. It's a or a swa- frustrated child laying beside a fan's toys blur. It would swallow a small Megatron gun and get lodged in their throat, is what I'm saying. That's a pleasant thought. All of these are. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that Hasbro is keeping it real. All of them are the bright, I, I we're the bright sunshiny it. ones. So Yay. I was going to ask, did we want to go ahead and uh, I think we were thinking about doing an ouch uh, portion of the show. Did we have anything else we wanted to go over that we were thankful for? Or do we want to get into some of the things we've gotten? I just see the role has income to support this hobby. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I wanted to say that too. I'm thankful that this, that I got exposed to you guys at the same time I started my first grown-up job. I'm thankful for Antoine for keeping the Facebook page alive. Keep it up, bro. Shout out to Antoine. That's right. Thank you, Antoine. Yeah, I do, do definitely appreciate that. Uh, he does a fantastic job. But between all the things that he posts for, I think, like, what, three different pages. So he is, he is <laughs> definitely a machine. And then he's, like, the only one of us that remembers to take pictures of us at cons. He does! <laughs> Even took a video that proved that I sold things. Yeah. He videoed me wheeling and dealing. Fun. So. so I have a rule for this, for this ouch. The rule is you have to be thankful for what you're ouching. So even though I am the most critical person on the cast, I am like the most critical of all of us as a reviewer. I tend to tear apart the thing 
that I review. So I'm suggesting that we be positive and we only talk about the things we love. Sure. No problem. I love all of it, Anna. I know you do. Well, mine goes along with my weird thankful thought I shared. So shall I begin? Sure. Yes. Do it. Do it. This is an old... So this is not, like, I did not recently purchase this, but it's definitely an, an oof. Let's start with uh, this. This is what we call the Matrix of Leadership. It's rather large, wouldn't you say? It is. Bigger than it should be. <laughs> Any idea what this came with? Oh, it opens. <laughs> what is that from? That's the question. Oversized KO. An Optimus Prime roleplay kit for cats? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Anna. Not seen. He was showing off a matrix of leadership that is about three inches long. Holy guacamole. This it's is so a. Big it is. This is Ultimetal Optimus Prime. Did anyone remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. It, uh,. It basically is an Optimus Prime that has clothes that you can take off his his parts, and these are all metal. Oh yeah, you could hear that. Wow. So, so there are not many of these types of figures. There's a Megatron. There's an Ultra Magnus, and this is. <laughs> This is very heavy. Like this hurts. <laughs> this hurts to hold up right now. And this is kind of interesting. It has a pole on the back that like you can attach to it. You have to like screw it in. And that keeps it sort of stable here. Look at that axe. Look how big that is. That's the size of Paul's forearm again for those listening. This is two feet tall. Almost. Anyways, this is this is like circa twenty. 2013, 2014, I think, when this was sort of like became a reality that they were doing this. It, it has a remote control that I don't have the right batteries for. And it can like, it lights up and it talks and it does things. Things! Uh, yeah, that's been something that's been behind me on that windowsill for like seven years. And I took it down today. Because it's the last of my crazy big things. Please but you know what? On your toe. I still don't regret this. This was this was a cool toy. But you don't see it very often. It's got like magnets all over it and stuff. So if you I could only that's have how, that's that, how it attaches. If you could only have that or the new Robotson Prime, which one would you pick? Oh, Great question, because they're about this originally the same price. You you would say that you could actually say that Ultimetal's worth more because it was you know the same price like ten years ago. So um, honestly, I'd probably pick the Robeson because I think it's more of a, a benchmark moment in Transformers history. This is just this was this came out at a time when like they were licensing out the Transformer brand to almost anything. Because after this came out, there was a $300 large-ass Optimus. It was like Mega SCF or something that 
was very similar, but cost like one third the price. And I was like, I'm not buying these big ass Optimus Primes anymore. But this one is exceptional. The only thing that's come like come past this in like um, complexity and like quality of product is that giant YOLO Park Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime. If you know what I'm talking about, which is like two to three thousand dollars. Like no one has. And I don't even know if it's even coming out. But it's like it's it's a non-transforming crazy iteration of this character. And it's super large. And it's from Asia. So it's weird. And there's thank I'm gl- I'm glad I got it. Even even though it's it was super expensive at the time and my whole life has changed since then. I don't regret having bought this. I am very They're happy. They're slowly that. releasing those too, right? Ultimetal toys. <sighs> See, I can get Megatron right now at stores. Yeah, if if I, if they make a Starscream, I'll have to get it. But um, <laughs> I haven't gotten like when they really. I was kind of pissed. I thought this was like a one-off when they're like, if I knew it was going to be a whole toy line, I never would have gotten the. I I never would have bought it. But you don't so have like, any of the other ones, so you come I'm not going to get. No, I don't feel bad. I, I'm still glad I have this because I still treat it like it's a. It's it's just a crazy. It's a centerpiece. Um, like if you, it's a centerpiece of an Optimus collection. If you have one, there's nothing. It could be a centerpiece of your whole that. collection, honestly. It's really impressive looking. <laughs> like that is just nothing has. Um, what is the word? Presence it has presence. Yeah, I, I I try to make my the Black Zarek the centerpiece of my collection, but well, people who know what and why Black Zarek is the centerpiece are always going to see that as the centerpiece. Yeah, but people closer to normal are going to see that giant metal optimus is more impressive. Right. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun with. You can actually do a lot with this toy. Like, you can take off all his clothes and he becomes a naked robot. It's just so bizarre. (laughs) That's really cool. I've actually never seen anyone show one of those off before. It's actually really well posable, too, right? Like, it's full of joints. Oh, yeah. Well, it pleases me to be the first. Well, that's, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I think especially for the era, you know, of it. I can't remember. When did when did MP10 come out again? Was that after that or before that? Before this. This was yeah. kind of in that era where they were dabbling in high-end. There was a lot of product that came out in a I think it was 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, you know, we were in... Third movie had come out by then. Just the brand, the brand was in high gear at that point. They were trying a lot of weird stuff, mm-hmm. which I mean they still are. But um, the ultimate ultimate is definitely the ultimate of this stuff. Unless you're getting like Prime One Studio statues, which are also incredible. What, what's that stuff that you have? Uh, that's an Imaginarian art, uh, but I, they're done making those statues. I think they 
like they released a Devastator like I can't remember a couple years ago, and I think that was the last thing they they did. Now, are those legit statues, or do they have some flex like posability in the no, joints? They're, they're statues. Okay, so th this is this is at least this is still an action figure. I would not play. I would not recommend playing with this. I mean, it's so heavy you have to screw it into that stand. So like, it's effectively a statue, but you can repose it, and it is pretty cool. So it's. It fits its own niche, but it's up there with that super high end stuff, like those like those crazy statues that are like two feet tall and, and mm. stuff. This is this is at the the top end of Transformers stuff. Apparently, Ultimetal is now doing some smaller figures. They're doing eleven inch tall Rodimus and Galvatron. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They are, and those look awesome. And I, they do look really nice. I did pre-order like those. Japanese-style ones, right? Yeah, like the Studio Ox or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like the yeah, crazy brown. They look neat. They look really good. They mm -hmm. don't look like they come... They look like you can take their clothes off as much as you can with Paul's Optimus. But... Well, they, they might have found that that's kind of a silly... Act. Like, it's, it's an expensive feature that no one actually cares about. Kind, kind of like, it sounds like they're taking the, the flame toys route. Or flame, Those no, are very three, flame three zero. Yeah. Sorry, not flame switch, but three zero. Where they they used to do these like twelve inch to fifteen inch figures, and they've been like, you know what? Let's shrink these down to make them about a hundred bucks or less. And like those, have, and they're, they're they're way better like that. So right, right. Ult kind of maybe taken the the hint that people don't. I think everyone thinks they want giant figures like this until they get them. And then they have nowhere to put them. Like in a you know, a more manageable six to ten inch scale is way better. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think the, the Ultimetal Rodimus is got like parts that you can swap out to go like more of a hot yeah, rod look versus hot a rod. Rodimus look. So yeah, that I, does still have some of that kind of play features to it. Well, that's pretty cool. I told I'm thankful that you reminded me that I pre-ordered those like many, many months ago from BBTS. So I'll have to check that out. It looks like super cool. Even though I think I'm gonna go the same route as Lucas and go for the three zero, the little three zero guys. Yeah, the three zero guys are probably a little more budget friendly than I'm sure the Ultimate Metals are a little more expensive. And and they're less fragile. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, what, what's and you got like a weird thing on your arm. arm. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my new bracelet. It's uh, looks like it's infectious. <laughs> Ants aren't infectious. They're friendly. So, but he's very red and looks quite angry. That was one of the few figures I did not pre-order, <laughs> and uh, now it's like all you guys have been talking them up. It makes me want to get them. Anna was wearing Legacy Inferno. And he does fit really well on my wrist, which is not a thing that I expected to ever say for <laughs> an Inferno figure, but whatever. Yeah, I, I am just going to go and say I'm thankful for a new giant transforming ant. And this thing is freaking giant. Like, this mm. is not a small toy whatsoever. This is a large ant. <laughs> 
I mean, it's it's butts just big. It's get a big ant butt. I am super excited about this figure, though. Like, I cannot stop gushing about it. Like, I usually don't get that excited for mainline toys. I'm like, oh, this was really good. It makes me feel better. Now, back to the crushing reality. But Inferno just makes me want to play with it all day. We don't get many toys of robot ants. So, so like, what makes them so good compared to, um, you know, just whatever random beast wars toy first disclaimer i really really like ants so that is the first thing so the fact that he is an ant toy already puts him way up in my book one thing that really gets me about him is just the number of textures like he has one texture on his back one texture on his middle another different texture on his head kind of more of a fur-like texture for the legs it's so many different insect style textures on him. This is like, it's really cool detail from a like looking perspective, but it also makes him kind of fun just to play with. Cause you're touching all these weird textures. Like if you get creeped out by things, it would probably creep you out pretty bad. You'd be like, ew, bug. But I just find it neat. I guess glossy is a texture too for his eyeballs. So that, that's the weird reason I like them. <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance to open mine yet, but the robot head sculpt is just outstanding. So the robot head sculpt is like, I hate to take him out of ant mode because the ant mode is so wonderful, but the robot head sculpt is just like, I do a lot of complaining about mainline head sculpts, right? I'm like, oh, this guy looks dead or this looks nothing like him or why can't they like, show facial expressions or smile or look psychotic or any sort of fun things. Well, Inferno does all those things. And he does them as an absolute pro. He smiles and looks psychotic and has expression. So does the ant look like the... <laughs> <laughs> For the queen, right? Isn't that what he says? Mm -hmm. Does does the ant look like the on-screen version, or is it that sort of kingdom, like realistic um, animal mode that's not necessarily as slavish to the to the on-screen? Closer, just because the Predacons were supposed to be a little. I don't know, scarier looking, grosser looking. I missed the first half of what you said there, Anna. Oh, yeah, I heard that my audio let out. Um, well, he asked if you're to the animation model than most of the animals are. And I would say it definitely is closer than the other ones are. Just because I would say the, the insect or the insect and spider predacons were more gross looking, like quote-unquote gross like if you think those things are gross so that let them be a little more realistic whereas i feel like you know the cheetor and primal and all of them had like such goofy expression at cartoon faces when they were chatting and stuff but inferno just had an ant face right he just had a scary ant head when he was in ant mode and his scary ant head just talked <laughs> it didn't matter 
didn't try to look like some cute fable. It was just, it's a talking ant. So I'd say it's a lot closer, yes. Well, I have to yeah. pick them up now. It's a really nice, it's a really nice Voyager. It's big compared to other Voyagers. <laughs> Here's this half transformed mode. Very nice. It's like a fuser. Like if that was a fuser toy, you'd just be done transforming him like that. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, yeah. oh, he's half ants and half blob. Right. That That's really the whole cast now, right? He's the last one. Uh, Silverbolt. Quick strike, Silverbolt. They were season one. Oh, if you're talking just season one. Talking pre trans metals, yeah, and I guess Silverbolt would hasn't been done and either as Rampage or whatever. Yeah, no Rampage, no Depth Charge, but those will be a later set of them. But yeah, I think this is season one now. It's finished up. Yeah, Zaldron says it's the last season one character. <clears throat> going out with a bang. Yeah, no. This if you is see his really gun, yeah, he's got like a four chamber like mini gun cannon rocket launcher thing. Wait, he literally was the silliest of all the characters, right? Inferno. He was like, I liked him as a character. Him and Waspinator were like the comic relief, but Mm -hmm. Waspinator was stupid and Inferno was just funny. Inferno was insane. That was like his thing. Like he was unhinged, so into his beast mode that it made him unhinged. Like he was so into the role play of being an ant. He's like the the Muppet Shrimp guy. Pepe? Pepe the Prawn? Can we chuck it in there, okay? <laughs> okay, 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 man. That's the greatest Muppet they ever made. Uh, <laughs> it took them a while, but they got him. Look at that face. Look at that face. He's so pretty. I've, I've read things that say as enjoyable as Pepe the Prawn is in the Muppets they've given him the role that Rizzo the Rat used to have. and I kind of agree with that at this point because I enjoy Rizzo. Oh, look at that! Look at that mouth. I mean, it's just yeah. he is a Muppet. He's the most Muppet Transformer. Oh, he's the most Muppet. It's just yeah. Like okay, so like a lot of a lot of the Beast Wars head sculpts have been pretty good. Like they've been pretty close to what they're supposed to be. He is not pretty good. Like that is just his head. That is just his head ripped out of the cartoon and put on a toy. Like, if they made a masterpiece Inferno, they would just make that head a little bigger. That would be it. He's just so pretty. So, so with Road Hauler here, we get that expressive face on <laughs> the mainline toy, which is not normal, because like the, the toy designers, they, they want to give, like, the static face because, right. you know, we they want, you know, you as a, uh, uh, you know, someone playing with it to give it sort of its personality, but it is. It does look a little boring sometimes when you got all these dudes on a shelf, and it's just. Eh. So having a character like, uh, you know, like Inferno, where he's got that personality, just it does stand out a lot more on the shelf, and it has a presence. It's very entertaining. Yeah, your 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 pretender Starscream Paul with the uh, yeah. 
<laughs> you're saying you're not into principal, the principal you grew up, or your gym teacher? That's all yeah. of your uh, <laughs> your elementary school gym teacher as all Cut your favorite flavors. You young whippersnapper. Take a shower. God, I still remember the uh, uh, the CGI thing that someone did like three or four years ago, where they took all the Transformers classics characters, pretender shells, and what they would look like as real humans. And it was so oh, yeah. bizarre. I think the Bumblebee one almost looked like He-Man. They were funny. Oh, they were super, super silly. Because they have all those like bloated necks, so they all kind of look like weird bodybuilders. Um, but but then <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was really, really funky. All right. Um, I am thankful for uh, Skullgrim here. You know, it is, Ooh. I will admit, he is not the best toy. Um, but, I mean, just in general, you know, in, in, you know, so I'm going to piggyback on what Paul said there, showing that Pretender star screen. My Pretender toys were a big, you know, big deal for me when they came out. The designs... Even the Autobot shells, I thought were really, really fun. And so now that we're getting really solid homages to these characters um, and doing it in a way where it's like, all right, we're not going to do the exact shells again, um, you know, but we're going to give you something that looks like the shell that still transforms. Um, and we're going to try and incorporate as much of the, the details from the shell as we can, where it's like, all right, of course, you've got the big, crazy, like, demon head on Skullgrim, but then you've got his belt, and then, you know, I never noticed this until I got him and was able to take him out of the package, but he even has a little tail. So so all these little details that they're throwing in there, and, and same with Bombers and the Guanus, um, I'm thankful that we're getting these toys, and, you know, they're, they're fun. And again, you know, as soon as I got this the other day, I, I showed it to my son, and he's, like, immediately, like, sat down with it and wanted to start drawing it. Because he's just like, this is just such a cool combination of that robotic plus the, the I don't know if you'd call it organic, because it's, it's, it's a skull organic, I guess it is. Um, you know, but but just, the, again, the textures, the two different textures, Anna, like you're talking about, it's it's such a weird dichotomy, and it's so, so fun to see. Um, and, and yeah, he's just, you know, the head is, is pitch perfect in terms of that, that, demon bull skull looking thing that he's got you know i i think it's interesting I've, I've heard some flack or whatever some pe- negative reviews on Skullgrim. uh that you know people wish that he was more uh and that you know some of the like parts or whatever weren't the best quality i guess uh in general like with the transformation and so i guess it's um, you know, kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, there are people that, that like that toy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've tried to transform them a little bit, and, and you know, I got to sit down the instructions. I tried to do it on my own, and I'm just, I don't know, I stink sometimes of doing that. And it's like, yeah, things don't always move the way you think they should, and, and things feel like they're bending versus folding. Um, which is not always good. And, and you know, I don't know, I wasn't getting able to get everything to click together precisely. So that, yeah, it was, it was a little frustrating, especially for a toy of this 
scale, the size and scale. Um, but like we've had this conversation before. You know, majority of our transformer toys are going to stand there in bot mode on our shelves, and and for the fact that we have this toy and for the presence he's going to have on that shelf in that bot mode, yeah, bring it on, bring on you know Submarauder, bring on Bugly, you know, bring on the rest of his his crew and his ilk, and and uh, uh, yeah, do the same thing with Bludgeon and, and do the same thing with. Um, I mean, they've already done it with Bludgeon before, um, with Octo Punch. Yeah, g- give me more of this kind of stuff. It's nice to see those come back not too long after they showed up in Power of the Primes. Like, you yeah. know, we got the we got the Pretenders and that line, and they were they were something. You know, like they were they were Man. shelves again. They held something inside of them, but they were just like they were kind of like a. They were they were just an homage, not an update. You know, it was just like here they are. We remember these. Don't worry, we haven't forgotten them. Here they are. This is what they looked like, but now they're little, and that's it. My my son was telling me the other day. He's like, "Oh, you've got another version of this guy, right?" I'm like, "No, I never had the G1 one, and I never had the the re you know remold of Dark Mount. So so no, I never had." And he's like, "Hey, you, don't you have a little one of this?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I did." I totally forgot about, it. and I just was like interacting with that toy because I, I was, you know, having for sell at TFCon. I might have even sold them at TFCon, but like I was just messing with all those little dudes as I was bagging them and pricing them, and they're just such a, you know, sort of afterthought for that toy line, um, and just so such a disappointing kind of tease in terms of getting those characters, but in a format that was. Not very enjoyable. Well, Agreed. I think all of those characters, you have to ask yourself, like, what purpose did they serve? Because, you know, for us, like, I don't know, I guess they're kind of cool, but you're like, it's almost like an afterthought for us. And then for, like, little kids, it's like, you know, your kid's like, who the hell's Skullgren? Why do I care? So... Um, you know, I think some of the other, like the little Titan Master figures uh, that they released, I, f- I feel like were a lot more successful than, um, you know, what those pretender shells were. Yeah. I like those better. I thought those were really fun as far as like toys and playability, but I just, I really wish that the Titan Masters themselves would have been more fun to play with. That would have just, it would have been just such a fun little play pattern if they were actually like posable little guys instead of just heads that folded up i mean like i think my uh my kids had a lot of fun with them um they really enjoyed it may have just been the age that they were at the time you know that uh it kind of worked out for them because you know like i think was it uh my my oldest i think was probably like maybe six or so at the time and so like it worked for him uh, for for a play pattern, but yeah, like definitely, if you're an older kid uh, or an adult, you're like, ah, you know, it's fine. But what's that, Paul? I was agreeing with you with his face. There you go. All right. Well, 
I guess I'll go. Uh, so my thing was uh, Christian actually kind of showed these off to me, and I thought they were pretty neat. So I went ahead and ordered them myself. I think I don't think I've shown this off, have I? Um, so these oh. are the stamp sets from the United oh. Royal Mail. Um, and so you can order the, the sheets, um, but they also sell versions that are framed. Uh, so this is actually like how they came from Royal Mail. And it, the shipping actually isn't too bad on them uh, from the UK. Like UK shipping is actually not bad in general, but it's like, I think it was like, I don't know, 15 pounds to ship or something. Um, and so I got this one right here. And then they also had this one as well. Um, so yeah, so they come like framed and matted uh, like this. So these are like the little stamps. And then um, with it. So like they're essentially collector stamps. I don't, I don't think anyone would, I guess technically you could use these as actual stamps. Like it's, there's like a little line, dotted line down the middle of, of that or whatever with the, the stuff. So, but yeah. I when they were shipped, the package that they were shipped to you in, were those stamps used on that package? Oh, <laughs> no, they weren't. Okay. That would have been interesting, though. Yeah. They should have been. But yeah, so they have like a whole set. Like you can go on the Royal Mail website. I, I'm i assuming you can still get these. I have no idea. But I didn't get them too long ago. Um, maybe a couple months ago. So a month or so ago. I thought those were really cool because they did the throwback art. And the throwback art was just really fun. I really I enjoy throwback art. Like when they try to draw on old styles and make things fit it it's just neat they really captured the color palette wonderful they did who is the do we know who the artist is, is you it, know is i don't know i can't remember who it was because they talked about it on social media and i probably should remember better than i do yes so I'm I'm sorry. But it I'm looks not, it not does sure. look good. It was the queen. Oh, this I mean, piece of art. I can't. Those ones in the middle look they they just kind of look like Guido from like those those panel those IDW pages that were retro G one that yeah um, I agree. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's on the back here. Oh, it is. Andrew Wildman did the pencils, okay. and Stephen really? Baskerville did the uh, ink, and then John Paul Bove did the colors. Hmm. So that's, that's crazy. On this one. So yeah. did you get the yeah. one that was the little fold-out book? I did not. Get by James that Roberts. One. Okay. What's the James Roberts one? He just he wrote the bios inside of it for the Royal Mail one. Yeah, for one, one of them has a little, the presentation pack has the fold-out booklet, and Roberts wrote oh, what's no, in there. I did not know that. It's not like, I, you can read what's in there. It's not like, you know, James Roberts writing. It's oh. him writing. 
normal G1E descriptions. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I thought that was kind of neat because it's, uh, you don't get official Transformers stamps all that often. So, um, I figured it was kind of, kind of a cool little set. You have really entered your Transformers art collecting phase. When are you going to enter your Transformers art displaying phase, Lucas? I had this stuff displayed on my walls. Do you? Awesome. Boom. I like that, Anna. Well, he has a folder of all his like prints he buys. Oh, so I wanted to so, see if it's actually. So I framed the um, like the original art prints that I get. I framed all those. Now, Rick gets mad at me because I I just put them in like standard like whatever I can't remember what the size is is like ten by seventeen I think um, frames. And I don't actually have them professionally matted and framed. And so I know that when I showed it off before, Rick was like, oh, like was appalled. And I'm like, I I'm sorry, man. Like, I was like, you do realize when the artists are selling these that they just have them in like an art book and they don't have them like, you know, in professional, you know, whatever, like acid free, yada, yada all that you know sealed up from the elements kind of thing themselves but so but yeah so i do have that stuff framed um the the prints that i have that are just like the i don't know whatever 10 or 15 dollar prints from shows i i just have that in a book because i don't think that there's any way i can display all of that art at, at once like i would run out of wall space no, I need to start displaying my art. All I have up right now is just those couple of pieces up there. And the rest of it's all just in my closet. It needs to be better, treated better. Well, I do want to do, um, so, um, gosh, what was it? Um, I can't remember the artist where he sold the, there was like a three foot by four foot, uh, print that he did. Okay. Um, Oh gosh, I'm like blanking on his name now. I remember when you got that. Wow. It was Andrew Charles. Griffith. Oh. Andrew Griffith did. He did a a commission, and it has like all the Transformers, and it's on like a a three foot by four foot print, and so he did a black and white version and a color version, and that's it's, it's huge, right? It's yeah, it's like. Literally four feet wide. Say four foot. I mean, yeah. twelve square feet significant. It was bigger than rugs. So yeah, I want to display that, but I have not actually like taken down some of my other art to put the Transformers print up. I, you know, one day though. Yeah, displaying art is even more frustrating than displaying toys because toys you can at least start extending out into a third dimension. But art, you're just stuck with two-dimensional space, and that fills up really darn quick fast. And when you put it, like, wall to wall, like, when you're putting it beside each other on the wall, like, it just actually doesn't look good if you don't space it out a little. Yeah. And all sorts of aesthetics. Yes. I'm hoping in my new house I can um, properly display some art. 
tastefully. That's really the tough part. I think it goes for all of us that our spouses would not love it if we covered the living room and the hallways and the kitchen with our Transformers art. Right. Paul wants to tastefully display his original Kiss Player artwork. Kiss Player. I knew what you were going to say. I knew. You always go for the low blow with the Kiss Players. Well, he said tasteful. I'm like, what's the least tasteful Transformers? I am thankful. For the fan sub group that finally fan subbed the Kiss Players radio dramas this year. So I finally got to know what happened in those audio dramas and got to read them together with Book Club. I am thankful for that event. It was like a real highlight this year. It was fun. Was it more cringy or less cringy than you anticipated? It had, I would say it was equally cringy to my expectation as a big anime fan. There were more things that honestly made me laugh than I expected. It's a fair assessment. I mean, it is supposed to be funny, right? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think it's supposed to kind of be on that edge of like too suggestive where you just laugh from awkwardness. Yeah, its goal is not to be super sexy. Like the episode where the episode where Otto Rupert, the reason you have that tiny Otto Rupert toy with the big Atari is because there's an episode where he shrinks down to go inside her to fight an infestation of bad guys inside of her and classic, you know, eat a character, they fight the virus type of storyline. But when he finds the um when he finds the legion that's inside of her the legion is operating a cigarette stand in her body <laughs> and Otto Rupert realizes that it's a legion because he's like he gets directions from the guy operating the sh- cigarette stand and Atari's organs and he's like wait a second there shouldn't be a cigarette stand in here And right, it's like that. It's just like it's so weird. It's just off the wall that you laugh at it. Interesting. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. That is pretty funny. I did not know that little tidbit. All I'd ever heard is that the small auto rooper went inside the girl, and I was like, I don't want to know much more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, so she's coming in. She has yeah. a tummy ache, so he goes to fight the, the tummy infection. It's not nearly as gross as it seems like it's going to be. There's in the, like bonus materials, there is a, a clip of all three actresses that did the three main girls all comparing and complaining about how much groaning they had to do. Oh. <laughs> which one of them had the most like uncomfortable moaning she had to do it was an interesting little commentary at the end well I, I, I guess on that note I think uh, that's, that's the show <laughs> yeah so, and, uh, so thanks, tune in Anna. next week for uh, yeah so, so yeah I'm always happy to help I know you're thankful for me, Lucas. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, uh, mentioned book club again. I think Anna, you talked about that. We were talking about Earthspark season one uh, this Sunday at nine thirty Eastern, eight thirty Central on the TF Talk Discord. 
Um, so thank you guys for joining us tonight. Um, and thanks to everyone in the chat. Thanks to Zaldron, Ron. Thanks to Catherine. Thanks to Daniel. Uh, thanks to Osmosis, Dark Hill, David as well. So yeah, and, and let's not forget we're thankful. We're thankful for all you listeners. Of course we are. Well, yep. There we go. Well, thanks guys, and we will see you next week. That was all done. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs> 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 <laughs>